Welcome to the Gain Momentum Podcast, focusing on timeless lessons from global industry leaders about how to grow and scale a business in hospitality, travel, food service, and technology. I am Jason Manis, joined by my co-host, Adam Mogolansky. Adam, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Today, our guest is Irrevoke, Gain Advisor. Yo. Hi, how are you? Great. <laughs> I haven't had my coffee yet, but I'm all excited about the call. What well, you need to let me get through your whole long uh, introduction. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap while you do that. I know it's too long. Author, business founder, consultant, long time in the hospitality Professor. industry. Professor. Professor. Yes. Well, that, wasn't, that didn't take too long, did it? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah really, I really condensed it. <laughs> That's a good summary. But thank you for joining us, and uh, thank you for joining us before your coffee. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about this conversation because that's what I love talking about. Can't stop me. Cool. Well, Adam, let's get going. So, Ira, our podcast is focused on timeless lessons. So not just specific to hotels, travel, technology, but things that might apply for everyone, be they seasoned business professionals, young 20-somethings, just starting off looking for some bits of wisdom to get ahead. So with that, we frame them around four questions to distill some of those lessons that you have for people about how to grow a business, how to scale and gain momentum. So with that, I'll dive right into the first question, which is, Ira, when it comes to scaling a business, what is the single piece of advice you would give entrepreneurs from your perspective as a professional in hospitality? That is a great question. So uh, the way you phrase it, you phrased it about, uh, you ask about scaling a business, which is different from starting a business. Mm-hmm. So if we're talking about scaling, the best piece of advice I would say would be understand your target audience and understand the decision makers and the end users. And when it comes to our industry, I know you mentioned that this is, we're not specifically only concentrating on the hospitality, but in our case, it's even more complicated because our industry is very complex and very convoluted and very fragmented. So in our case, what it really comes down to is understanding the industry and understanding how to navigate in it. We're talking about businesses like vendors, especially technology vendors that are trying to sell their products into the hospitality and scale their businesses. It's crucial. It's very, very important to understand what you're dealing with. And during the last 10, 15 years of my consulting practice, when I was talking to these startup companies and young businesses, I realized that majority of them are not from our industry. So... And they, they come from, you know, different segments like fintech or a real estate or other sectors, and they don't really understand what they're dealing with when they come here and when they start their business and they try to scale it. And I think one of the most important advices that I would, things that I would recommend to do is just become familiar with what you're dealing with, whether through, you know, consulting or just reading or attending conferences or just understanding your audience better, understanding who you're really addressing in the in our sector, like which part of the sector you're addressing specifically. 
Yeah, that's good advice. Because it, it can get, it can you, there's some turns and corners. You start talking, like I've talked to uh, the GMs and I'll, you know, I'll ask them like, well, who, you know, who owns this product? You know, well, I'm the user and I own it, you know, but we're part of a management company. So, you know, the VP, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, when you got to go over there, like, what is he most, con- or what is she most concerned about? You know, is it, is it what that product's doing? at that property level or is she got something else on her mind? Yeah. Don't get me started there because like when we start talking about the, one of the, the, the weirdest examples of the fragmentation of our industry is what we call a three-legged stool situation where something that I talk to my students about all the time and they don't even realize this. Many people in our industry who are practitioners don't realize this. We have, when it comes to acquisition of technology, we have three stakeholders at at least three stakeholders in the picture. We have the brand, we have the owner, and we have the management company, which are three different different organizations, and they're actually in conflict with each other. That's just one example of how convoluted our industry is. And if you come to our industry and you sell, try to sell your products or services or skill your company, and you don't, don't understand these things, it's really hard to scale. I've been in those shoes. I'm a founder. I'm a tech founder. I started my company 13 years ago, and I did not know what I was getting myself into. And I had to learn from my mistakes. And it was really, really hard. I thought it was, oh, we're just going to build this cool RMS system. It's going to have machine learning. Everybody's going to sell like hotcakes. Everybody's going to be all over it. That's mm. how it went. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we learned. And I learned also as I was talking to these other startups and other companies and uh, other hotel companies and I learned and learned and I've learned a lot from my mistakes and the mistakes of others and uh, those who are listening uh, you don't have to make the same mistakes just talk to someone who have already gone through all those things well Ira you sort of uh, took it right in here and um, going on to our second question which is what are some of the common pitfalls or failures you have witnessed that business owners should look to avoid when scaling their business? Great question. And it's, it's of course, tightly related to what we just discussed. Mm-hmm. The I would say number one, by far, is not understanding who the end user is. And I'm talking about businesses like, you know, vendors trying to scale to sell products into the hospitality industry to... Um, you know, hotel companies, uh, vacation rental companies, cruises and whatnot, there are a lot of different organizations. So I'm kind of in this part of the industry. I've, most of my consulting career has been sort of revolving around vendors. When you build a product or a service and you, you just start selling it and you don't understand who the user persona is, like that's the, the, that's the worst thing you can do to your own business. You have to really clearly define as a rule number one, is this a property level user? Is this a corporate user? Is this going to be uh, a person at the front desk or is it going to be someone in the back office? You know, down to like the age group, is it going to be a male or female? I'm not trying to discriminate, but th- these things are important. So you know how to build your product or service and you know how to market it and how to sell it. And then number two is understanding who the decision makers are, or rather not understanding. That's like the biggest 
issue that I've seen uh, with the, the companies that I work with, especially in the younger companies, they don't really know who, who to approach when selling their services. Back to this three-legged stool situation, they're not really understanding that if they walk into the front desk of a hotel or walk through the doors of the hotel and talk to a front desk clerk and try to sell them a property management system, that's not going to work because that's not the decision maker, right? That's, that's the end, one of the end users, of course, the key end users for that type of software. The decision makers could be either a property management company, the owner, or the brand, or an asset management company. And you just need to clearly understand, regardless of what you're selling or what business you're in, you need to understand who the decision makers are. And many, many companies, young companies, just don't, unfortunately. And this is a big, one of the biggest mistakes they are, they're always making uh, when trying to scale their business. And that what makes them fail in many, many cases. And we know a lot of startups, startups fail, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Know thy customer. Say it a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, but you gotta you gotta talk to them and then you gotta ask them who else is involved and uh, understand, you know, the three or four people that are gonna be involved in that decision. Who you know or three or four organizations who are in conflict with each other. Yeah. Which also happens. Yeah, and find out what motivates them yeah. and and work it that way. Ira, I want to drill down a little bit further there. You mentioned that startups or companies don't fully understand trying to sell into hospitality, which is very difficult. And I'm wondering, without casting too much of a crystal ball here, why don't they understand? And what can they do to improve their understanding? Yeah, so partially what I mentioned in the beginning the main reason, in my um, understanding, why they don't really know how to navigate very well in our environment is because they don't come from our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and they 90% of them come from, again, fintech, real estate, healthcare, really like whatever background they have, they're not from hospitality because it's really hard to find kind of business tech data oriented people from within the industry. We just not, we could be an exception and there are many people who are exception, but majority of us in our industry, we come here because we want to build memories. We want to provide great customer service. We're not really business people. So they come from somewhere else. And when they come here, they're not locals. So they don't really know the, the rules of the game yet until they learn from their mistakes 10 years later and kill their business and kill one, kill two. Maybe the third one is going to be successful after they learn. But again, they don't have to go through these hoops. They can talk to people who already know what they're doing, who have made all those mistakes and learned from them. And uh, they just need to start immersing themselves into this environment, going to conferences, talking to experts, hiring consultants, reading materials that are published, listening to these wonderful podcasts to start understanding what they're dealing with. So that's, I think that's reason number one is just because they're just not native to the industry and they just need to be aware of the fact that our industry is very, 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 very unique. And the way it's composed and structured, no other industry is is structured that way. And that 
that's a that's a very important factor to consider when you're trying to scale a business. Wow. We're going to move on to the third question. And actually, we're looking ahead, which, you know, we're talking about the past and the three-legged stool of hospitality, but really that applies to the future uh, because that element is not going away anytime soon. So what do you see as the key opportunities and challenges for hospitality companies in 2023 and beyond? I think the three-legged stool situation, it might get a little bit better because the industry is somewhat consolidating, but it's definitely not completely going away. I would say the key opportunity is technology by far. I'm the biggest fan of technology. I promote tech adoption in our industry everywhere I go. And um, we know that our industry is somewhat, mildly speaking, conservative when it comes to technology adoption. But even us, even our industry, even our sector, we're starting to finally understand that it's just necessary to adapt, to innovate, to adopt tech. And especially after the pandemic, everybody's talking about it, how the pandemic took us through 20 years of evolution in two years. It's true. Tech adoption rates have skyrocketed. And with the AI and machine learning, uh, with these tools like chat GPT and VR and AR and meta and this and that, there's just so many wonderful new emerged technologies that were born in the last just couple of years. And we just can't ignore those things. We have to embrace them, even though we're conservative. But we have to embrace, we have to be open-minded and not say that AI is going to kill us all and we're going to be slaves and, you know, all those things, which I hear all the time, especially in academia, but in hospitality as well, because that's the biggest opportunity for us. If we don't embrace it, we're just going to keep being behind the... What are we competing with uh, hunting industry right now? Like we are literally out of 20 industries based on the recent research in terms of technology adoptions, we are number 18 and we're like around the same, we're like where hunting is. So we just need to really improve in that area. And the biggest challenge at the same time is also going to be technology. And the reason why I'm saying that is because there are a lot of legacy companies in our industry that have very, very old legacy tech stacks. And for them, it's much harder to, to innovate and to adopt new tech and to upgrade. That's going to be a challenge for them. So they're going to have to uh, make a decision whether they want to invest and they will have to invest huge amount of, amounts of money because of their old databases, old tech stacks. And, and all ways of doing things and running their businesses, they will have to make a decision whether they want to invest in these upgrades, tons of money. And if they don't, then they're just going to die. Like, that's just no question about it. So this is the decision that they will be making in the next couple of years. And we will see how some large organizations will just fall behind and be disrupted by others and they will no longer be leaders just because they made their wrong choice at this point of their lifetime. I can't help but think that the the hospitality decision makers have got a lot on their plate. A lot of, mm, do I look at this? Do I invest in that? I, I, I got 20 different technology vendors and it kind of makes sense. It, it seems like there's a lot that they're going to have to deal with Two, 
bring in technology if they're willing, if they're open-minded to help with some really serious problems. Absolutely, yes. As much as our industry is convoluted, our tech ecosystem is even more <laughs> complex. If you look at the, the map of vendors that some companies publish every once in a while, when I show it to my students on a big screen, the names of the vendors are so small, you can't even read them because there's so many. There are hundreds, there's thousands in 20 different categories that have subcategories. It's very, very complex. I absolutely agree. So that's why hotel companies uh, or hospitality organizations who are looking to upgrade their tax stack, they can't do it themselves because it's not, it's not a very trivial task, mildly speaking. They have to hire a team of professionals to help them with that. They just have to. And it's a very wise decision to invest in, in this process and find the right team, the right people to do it rather than attempt to do it themselves and completely screw it up and find themselves in a, a very and more convoluted tech stack a few years later than that will require more investment. You know, the term I've heard that sort of encapsulates what you're talking about is shopper's paralysis, where there's simply so much that yeah. it, you end up doing nothing because you can't make a decision. And I do that at Costco all the time, like every, <laughs> almost every single time. So why you need a list. You need a shopping list, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but but I, I'm wondering though, is there's so many different things hotels can choose from in terms of not just vendors, but areas to explore, to expand their technology in order to drive the top line, drive the bottom line and grow. What advice would you give for narrowing that down? That's a... Uh... That's a loaded question. So my other area of expertise is revenue management and, and profit optimization. And I think one of the things that hotel organizations, hotel companies or, or hospitality companies are missing right now, many of them, not all, but many, is that they're ignoring the, the, um, the profit optimization part of the revenue management discipline because we've been concentrating on RevPAR for 30 years not really understanding that RevPAR and profit are two very different things and they can actually actually go in different direction. For those who are listening, RevPAR means revenue per available room. That's the metric we use to kind of assess our performance in, in our industry of uh, hospitality organizations. So um, we're just in the beginning, even technology and revenue management is just in the beginning of understanding how to maximize profit because we've been actually maximizing the wrong thing for, for 30 years. So I think that's one of the areas that is a key area of opportunity for hospitality companies who have assets or manage assets, hospitality assets to concentrate on because we are in the business of, you know, we're here to make money. Like hospitality companies, they all want to be profitable except for the brands, they, they have their own, own thing. But if you are an ownership group, your own assets, profit is important. So those are the things that you need to start looking at in addition to what you've been doing and revise your strategies every once in a while to understand whether the things you're doing, you're just doing them out of a habit or do they actually work? Because many things changed after COVID. Like we are in 
hospitality 2.0, as I call it, it's a completely new reality and we just can't continue doing business the same way that we did before. Yeah, it's uh, the focus on profit and using the RMS. There's another acronym there, the Revenue Management System to really know thy customer going back to it and to understand which are your more profitable customers. And that's another piece of technology where you just have so much convoluted data that you can't identify that simple barometer that owners are really interested in. Yeah. And ideally, these things are going to start being automated more and more, and um, they will require less of user involvement, maybe just on the higher level from strategic point of view. But all of that analysis and number crunching and data, data crunching, that is supposed to be now delegated to machines. And we're not there yet as an industry in the revenue management discipline, but with these recent developments and emerging uh, technologies and AI and machine learning algorithms that are becoming more and more robust and, and popular, there is a very good chance that very soon we'll get to the point where humans won't really have to be dealing with trying to understand, okay, who is my most profitable customer or you know, how do I shift business? It's all those things should be delegated to machines and then humans should be involved on a higher, more strategic level where, you know, they look at the, uh, what machine generated and make higher level business decisions with that information in mind. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it at least. So the fourth question, Ira, what are the key things innovative leaders and entrepreneurs should prioritize and focus on to gain traction for their business? Let me think. Prioritize. Um, I think the main thing that they need to understand, and now we're talking about gaining traction, meaning kind of like in the beginning of their building their business, I would say understand the problem first that you're solving and build the product or provide the service that solves that problem. Don't open a business just because you think it's a good idea. And that's one of the mistakes that a lot of businesses also make. If a business doesn't solve a problem, it's hard to gain traction. Mm-hmm. So before, you're in, before you invest your time and money and so, or somebody else's money, as in Jason's case, make sure that you clearly understand if there is a problem that exists with the target audience that you're trying to pursue, to target, and make sure that your business is solving that problem. So get market validation before you start investing. And that's something that is very, very simple and basic. But for some reason, a lot of companies don't go through that first step of market validation. That's very important. Again, there should be a problem that exists and your product or service should be able to solve that problem. And if you're doing it optimally and if you're doing it right then there shouldn't be any issues with getting traction or scaling your business then everything else will follow would you add urgency to that like there's certain there's certain there's problems there's a lot of problems but there's a, there's a list and you know we'll just take hotels for example mm-hmm. i mean if the problems way down the list i, th- I think you, as a business uh, owner uh, entrepreneur um someone trying to scale up you got to understand as best you can, where does the problem you're solving, where does it lie on the list? If it's down here, I think you got to plan accordingly. It's just going to take longer. 
Yeah, that's say. a very good point. Yeah, I think that's definitely a, a very good element to also consider. That would require kind of a deeper insight into the life of your of your potential customer to understand the the urgency as well. But yeah, I, I would say that that's definitely an important factor to consider when you're making your business decisions. Well, Ira, thank you. That's just just fantastic answers. Um, I'm still digesting them myself, as you can probably tell, jumbling my words. But a lot of times I'll go back and listen to an episode once more just to get the full gist of what everyone is saying, which is oh so critical. So I can't thank you enough for coming on and just giving great answers to some some questions that have timeless applications. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. Again, my favorite topic. I love talking about it and we'll be happy to join again if you have more questions. Thank you, Ira. Thanks for listening to the Gain Momentum podcast. To stay up to date, make sure to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Gain Advisors, head to gainadvisors.com.